welcome to the Spiritual Intelligence Podcast, Awakening Your Inner Power with Daniel Martinez-Stahl, where we will explore, discover, and integrate different aspects of our spiritual and human nature so that we can all thrive and live life with more grace and ease instead of struggle. So welcome to the Spiritual Intelligence Podcast once again. With me today is Ana Maria Vasquez. She is a friend of mine that I met last year, along with Shannon Johnson, whom you guys met at episode seven. Um, Ana Maria is another one of my friends that gets to play with spirit directly, and it's a lot of fun to have conversations with her. Um, incredibly knowledgeable, incredibly experienced. Um, one of the things that I find very appealing about her connections is that she is very connected with nature and with animals. Um, so it's really fun to listen to her talk about that connection and things, the messages that they share. And uh, she just did a show with John Burgess on the Beyond the Ordinary show. Um, and she talked about messages from rocks which which is amazing um and it reminds me of the conversation that i had with um with win morgan where i talked to him about how everything has a spirit even a pane of glass that communicated to him has spirit and i also mentioned rocks as a example in that in that so anyway enough about my little introduction with anna maria i will let her kind of talk about herself and what she would like to share and then we'll get started well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Thank you for having a platform where we can have conversations about spiritual intelligence, right? Like, I think we need to be having these more widespread. And it is not often at all that I get to appear with someone who actually says my name correctly, right? Like, <laughs> it is a rare day. And a lot of the folks in my tribe, will write in and be like, it was so hard to hear them slaughter your name. <laughs> you, I mean, you've got it, right? Like, you've got peeps that are in common. We go back to the homeland together. <laughs> yeah, I saw you smiling when I said your name. <laughs> super awesome that way. And uh, just, and I do love that we've got that Guatemala connection because, again, there's the other thing, right? Like, that hardly ever happens mm. <laughs> so that's exciting and you know our connection with the uh life between lives trainings and and things to that effect my wheelhouse like you said is nature right like i'm your go-to gal for everything to do with the natural realm and what i love about the natural realm when we're talking about spiritual intelligence is the underlying theory of connecting with the natural realm is about that unity consciousness that we're striving to remember, that we're practicing. And I mean, practice underscored a million times because most of us move through our life not with that much consciousness, enough so to be able to talk with a rock or a tree, let alone our dogs or our horses. So using nature and our inherent because we are nature right our inherent connection is a natural springboard for me and for people who resonate with the natural world for us to remember that connection and to begin to consciously 
reconnect. That's beautiful. So first and foremost, I like to start with uh, the same question to everybody as a, as a, a launch pad, as a springboard into our conversation. And the question is, how would you define or what does it mean to you that we have inner power? Well, for me, that's a really good question, first of all. So thank you for that, because I love when it starts to move everything. That is the basis of who we are. We're these infinite beings with infinite power embodied in this human form. And so to have that inner basis being about our our inner power, right? Like so often we put ourselves down and we're like, oh, we're just human. Oh my goodness, there are entities throughout <laughs> the multiverse that envy us because of our actual human makeup. We have something that's very rare in this embodiment. And so to be in a space where we're dismissing our humanness, it is essentially dismissing our own power. And that inner power is the basis of what compels us and moves us through this life. And I, I see it, like visually see it as our light, the light that is lighting us up and animating us. So the energetics of that. And when we remember that at our core, we are that infinite power, that changes the whole game. That allows us to come at everyday stuff in a whole new way and when we can remember that inner power even when it feels elusive that's when we're able to shift it right because we can move through our day and one thing after another will start to feel like a, an assault right like a barrage of assaults and we can barely get through this crazy you know obstacle course that happens even just within a few hours in a day but when we can, instead of seeing and being in the resistance to everything that's showing up, when we can look at it as in, an energy tracker, right? Like this is the energy that's up. Let's look at this. What is this reflecting back to me? And, and I get that when we're in the middle of it, we don't go there right away. But our practices, whatever they are, right? Like there's a full spectrum of practices that bring mindfulness and bring us back to our center. And sometimes the awareness doesn't come till after the fact. That's okay, because awareness anywhere brings up awareness everywhere. So when we can start to see what else might be possible here besides, you know, my normal triggers or whatever it is, or what are my normal triggers trying to uh, reflect back to me, we can be with whatever shows up in our life in a different way if we choose. We can also choose to just be reactive to everything and that. There's no judgment there, right? Like we've got the choice, but I've done life both ways. And I found that I'm more effective when I come from a place of responding instead of reacting. And my connection and my practice with the natural realm has created a well-worn path for me that when shit shows up, I know to start asking some questions especially if I want to go into reaction, right? Because again, I'm embodied in this human form and my wiring here 
can dictate, and the density here can dictate some things. And and some days I'm uh, more adept than others, but every time it brings about a choice point. And when we lean into those choice points, we can start to shape shift our life. And I feel like the natural realm is just a really good reminder as well as a portal into that shape shifting. Mm, lovely. A lot of things that you said really kind of caught my interest and I want to go in a number of different directions, but I would love to start with something you said that I found really fascinating, which was that aspect of what we are capable of as humans and what we're not recognizing in our humanity, that, that aspect that you mentioned other beings in the universe are envious or uh, admi admire, I don't know if envious is the right word, but admire our experience here on earth in a human body. And I would love for you to speak more about that. Yeah, this, you know, again, it's so, we're so conditioned to make ourselves wrong. And so we will make ourselves wrong for emotional reactions that we have. And when those emotions come up, to me, they're like vibrational positioning systems for us. There's actually gold in there because the emotions are energy in motion. And so they're showing us what's coming up. And it's not coming up to be like, see how much you suck? You're still dealing with this, right? Like you still got that issue. We think that so we get distracted and we go down and we tell that story and we beat that drum. And then we end up creating more of the same because the energy is so potent and the energy doesn't care. Whatever you want to create, it's a yes universe. So if you want to create more of the same, more power to you, right? Like the universe will let us wallow in our stuff as long as we want to, right? Like there's no hurry. So we've got that opportunity. And then it comes down to how much tolerance do we have for our own nonsense and how much tolerance do we have for playing out the same story, maybe with a different cast of characters and little twists and turns here, but it's the same stuff. So when we use those emotions that come up, again, some of us are very outwardly emotive. That's me, right? Like I do not have a poker face. Everybody knows exactly where I stand on something at the moment. And that, that's fine. That doesn't matter. And then there's some folks who are more internal processors. And so the important part is that we look at it, right? Whether we're going to be in a reaction or not, that's a whole nother level of the whole piece. But how are we going to be with what shows up? Because that's going to dictate how much success we have in creating and landing in our inner peace but also in the bigger game of manifesting and creating our life, right? Like this combination that we have of our emotional body with our energetic body coupled with our physical body creates like this sweet spot where we can to infinity and beyond, right? Like the potential is, it's just limitless but we get stuck in the small stories that we're conditioned with, right? From our families, from our friends, from our upbringing, from religion, from all of these things that have us dismiss ourselves and our inner power instead of leaning in and saying what else is possible here. And again, using the emotions, we're so good at trying to keep a lid on things or 
the love and light over it, right? Like that's a big thing in the spiritual community. Well, I'm just gonna love and light everything. Well, everything is not rainbows and unicorns and there's other energies out there and we have to have that emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence to show up and interact with it. But we're not a victim, right? Like a lot of times we spend our lives just trying to dodge the energy instead of getting grounded and almost like a Qigong or Tai Chi exercise grabbing the ball of energy doesn't matter if it was a low vibration being shot at you or you called it in or whatever we've got the opportunity to redirect that energy and learn how to ride these waves in a different way so that when the emotions come up they don't take us out we can be with them in a different way and they can actually inform our lives and what we're creating in a different way Mm. love that One thing that I'd like to kind of add in my own two cents is, and again, this is from my my limited perspective and connection with the universe, Um, but one of the things that I absolutely love about deepening my own understanding of what it means to be spirit within a human body is, and I've mentioned this before in other episodes, but it's really that appreciation of the human experience. It's the appreciation of the fact that we have the capacity to feel loss and we have the capacity to feel incredible joy. Our our human body has this immense, incredible variety of options for us to play with and feel in a physical form. And I don't know how we compare to other beings and to other universes. And I've heard from a number of sources that earth is a very difficult learning platform and that very committed spirits are the ones that tend to come here because of that. Um, So I love the idea of appreciating our humanity. I love the idea of empowering our human body with that gratitude um, for being such an incredible vehicle, not only our individual body that we chose specifically because of its characteristics, but also the general human form because of what it offers us. Um, It's just a, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, thing that I, I I enjoy reflecting on, um, and I just wanted to kind of add my two cents on that. Yeah, the physical body, the physical form. I mean, it's tough because of the denseness here, right? And how much we forgot the amnesia that we experience when we're here versus in other realms, where you know we the quickness of our thoughts manifest in a different way. Thank goodness, right, that our our thoughts don't manifest (laughs) as quickly in this dimension as, you know, as quickly as our our synapses are processing can probably be in a lot of trouble. (laughs) But there is also this beauty to the whole, I mean, these physical bodies are such amazing divination tools, right? Like this talks, goes back along the lines of the, unity consciousness and everything being a reflection back to us when i stopped fighting my body every time it had something to say and trying to make it wrong 
my body shifted, right? Like uh, the weight wasn't there anymore. The weird aches and pains, the weird things that had me on a bag full of medicinal, you know, medicines shifted. Uh, when I stopped trying to shut my body up, when it had something to say to me, right? Like I had this whole lifetime of experiences that were stored in my body, but I didn't want to hear about it, right? I didn't want to hear what it had to say. I, you know, I thought, well, why can't I just move on? And until I started making the connection between the two, again, shifting the inner world began to shift the outer world because this outer world, whatever's showing up in the 3D, be it your body, you know, your animal's health or behavior or the ex, just the external happenings and situations, that all is reacting to stuff from the past, right? Like it takes a little more time for the 3D to catch up with the energetics. So as we begin to learn more and go into our own expansion and remembering of this, we can get frustrated because it's like, well, I get it. I get it. I get it. But my knee still hurts or, you know, my back keeps going out. And it's that thing where these aspects aren't going to shut up until we really hear them and not just hear them. But when we move from realization, oh, my lower back is giving me issues. This is correlated metaphysically to not feeling support, right? And, you know, whether it's financial support, emotional support, whatever, instead of me going, yeah, 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 I know I don't feel supported into the actualization of, oh, I see how that plays into my old stories. And we have that real shift, right? From the head knowledge down into the heart, actualization and realizing it, then we can shift things in our body really quickly, right? Like my partner's always amazed. He's like, no, your body will be telling you things. And he's like, you're able to shift it pretty quickly. And so you don't stay in any one state, but it's because I'm not um, owning those things, right? Like, oh, my, I, my head is telling me something, you know, I, it's showing up as a headache, but I don't have to own that and stay with that. I can start to look at the connections. Oh, you know, there's some self-critical energy going on here, or I'm trying to do too many things, whatever it might be. But we can see it shifted and move on, and we don't have to. We don't have to keep that going. And it's amazing, right? Like life wants to live. Our bodies want to come back into balance, and when we give them what they need, not just from a nutritional standpoint, but also from an energetic standpoint, things can really shift in the body and make a huge difference in our everyday experience. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were speaking is not everybody's going to have the association of what different parts of the body are trying to tell us. And so what I would suggest is to quiet your mind and allow yourself to just rest. Because a lot of times the stories, whatever the story may be, wherever it may come from, the energy of that story is what's getting caught up in the body. And the body knows how to heal itself if we give it that space. And for us to give it that space, 99.9, if not 100% of the time, it's just quieting the mind and allowing the mind to settle and allowing the body to find its own power from that space of nothingness, from that space of void, from the openness of the mind, the body will do incredible things. 
yeah, that's brilliant, wise words because we don't, I mean, it's on one hand, it feels like, oh my gosh, a whole nother thing I got to learn now, right? No, we have access to all of this wisdom, but we got to shut up for a little bit and get still, right? Like the trees will say that all the time. You humans, you spend so much time asking for everything. Give me a sign for this. Give me a sign for that. Tell me what to do here. But we spend very little time listening, right? Like, and, and it's just that getting quiet, getting still and listening because that higher guidance, it is that still small voice. It's not the one yelling in your face, pick me, pick me, pick me. It's the subtle that gets run over by all the other noise, right? And in our synthetic modern world, we are barraged with so much that we didn't have to deal with when we lived in the forest, right? And, and so it does get harder to hear the inner voice, but it's not impossible. And small mindfulness practices like getting quiet and seeing what does this have to tell me? We already know. We have all the answers in us. We're, we are amazing. We just dismiss that wisdom because we're used to it. We're used to doing it. It's a bad habit we have as humans. So one thing that is related to this, but changing paths a little bit, is something else that you said in your introduction that caught my interest. And <clears throat> it made me think about how not all of us are as open or as aware to be able to decipher and recognize messages from our animals and from nature. And I'll put myself into that category. And I'll tell you that what I'm doing is I'm playing with the messages that I get in my head that previously I would have thought that's just me speaking. And I'll give you an example. So I think it was a conversation with Shannon, actually, where I was talking about the fact that I don't speak to gems because the, the gems and semi-precious stones, and I, I have a couple that that kind of follow me along in, in my conversations with you guys. Um, it, it's a tiger eye, which with, with hematite, which is kind of my, my, my heart stone. And then a purple, beautiful stone whose name I can't remember that's supposed to help with connections with the spirit world. Um, so these guys like to join us in these conversations and I keep them beside me. And I was talking with Shannon about how I, I don't have this conversation with them. Like they don't speak to me. But then I started kind of saying, well, why not? I mean, why don't I? And, and I'll be walking by, I've got my stones up on a shelf up on this side, um, beside me on the right. Um, and I'll be walking by as I prepare for these calls and I'll just get a thought. Oh, I should include amethyst in this conversation. And so now, instead of saying, I get the thought of, I should include amethyst in this, in this conversation, I'm telling myself amethyst is telling me that it wants to be, that it wants to play in this conversation. So the inner dialogue in my head about the thought before language, because I end up converting thought into language as I interpret it. The thought before language was very clear, amethyst wants to play, but I can interpret that either as 
oh, I should include amethyst. Nah, I'll put, you know, why would I bother? Or I can recognize that that thought came to me because amethyst is reaching out. And so this is what I do also with plants and with animals. And when I see an animal that comes into my awareness, they fly into my space, into my consciousness. I saw two spiders yesterday. So I thought, how cool, spiders are trying to tell me something because I don't normally see spiders every single day. So why am I seeing them today? And so I'm beginning to kind of open up the possibility that this isn't happening by chance. This isn't happening completely randomly that I just happened to see two spiders yesterday. So this is kind of what me, little layman person that doesn't connect with spirit, is doing to open up my experience a little bit more broadly to allow nature and the energies of the different beings and creatures and things and forms to have a more easy platform of communication with me. And so this is the little bits that I'm doing to help them communicate better with me. Um, and I like to share that with you guys, um, because I am like you, I don't connect with spirit. I don't connect with things. And part of, like I mentioned in the last episode, part of what I want to do is share with you guys, my journey as I do learn how to connect more and start connecting more. So I would love to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think you're brilliant and right on track with all of that. And here's the thing, right? Like we, there's several different pieces I want to make sure that I, I mentioned in here. The first thing is there was an actual uh, process of disconnecting us as humans from our natural abilities, right? And then it turned it into only people who are gifted can do this, that, or the other. Well, that's all absolute nonsense. We're all absolutely wired at a biological level and an energetic level for us to be in communication, in two-way communication too, not just like, oh, I feel this energy, but a two-way dialogue. It's part of our intuitive development cycle. We're starting to remember that more and more, but there was a systemic oppression of any of the non-linear senses, right? Like, I mean, absolute genocide in indigenous uh, tribes where you get rid of the dreamers, you get rid of the ones who were connected and you shut them up and everyone else is going to start to forget. Well, look at our society. We have forgotten. We have absolutely forgotten this inherent connection that we have. And what I hear from a lot of my students, um, especially after they go through my certification program, they're like, I was already doing it, but I didn't believe it and I didn't trust it. And the ways that it happens for us naturally, it feels so easy that it's like, well, that couldn't possibly be it, right? Like we really don't have a point of reference. And I want to tell you guys, this hawk, beautiful hawk, just swooped down into the field as we're talking here. I don't think he met his mark, but he came back up. And hawk is about getting a different perspective on things. And so um, I'm honoring him and thanking him for helping us really drive home that point about our perspective. And so what I like to focus on with people is figuring out and tuning in how the energy flows through us and exactly what you, you were doing there. You started to change your conversation 
about it, right? Like instead of, oh, this is just me thinking about this, this may be this other energy tapping me on the shoulder. And this is the way that I interpreted it because the way that it's happening, like mechanically, is your subconscious mind is triggered. So you'll get a smell, a feeling, a color, a sensation, uh, maybe an image. It's not necessarily words, but it's all this other stuff. And then when we're in balance, that linear part, the analytical mind comes in to help us connect the dots and be like, oh yeah, this is what I associate with that. And we can start to interpret it. But what happens when we're out of balance, when we're disconnected from the head and heart, when we're forgetting about who we truly be at you know the deepest level, what happens is all those images come in and the other side of the brain acts like the Gestapo and they're like, where'd you get that information? Cite your source, show me your papers. And the intuitive mind goes screaming in the other direction, like, oh my God, why is he so mean? And we don't get anywhere, right? And then we're like, we've got all this, you know, excuses and dismissal of all of that. And what you were saying earlier about just listening, right? Like, yeah, there's a million books on everything. If you want to know the metaphysical properties associated with a with a bear, with a hawk, with a rock, with a tree, with your left shoulder, right? Like it's all out there. But what's more potent than running to a book, just like with our, you know, dream work that we do or astral work is what does it mean to you? Did that feel heavy? Did that feel light? You know, there's different things that, you know, what, what do spiders mean to me? Because it's your subconscious mind that's making the connection, right? Because you saw the two spiders, and things had to line up in a particular way for you to see them and for them to be in your awareness. And so when we see things that are not common, right, like a big hawk swooping down right in the middle of us talking, it, there's something else going on. It, I almost see it like, you know, like in a Disney movie, you know, cue the bunny and then the bunny comes around, right? And so we can look at like, the universe all by yourself is like trying to, you know, we've cued 17 bunnies, a squirrel, and a deer today, and you still are saying, show me a sign, right? So it's this piece about leaning in that maybe there is more going on than meets the eye, and maybe we could remember these pieces some more. And it's little tiny shifts, right? We start to lean into it because you, maybe the way that you connect to spirit doesn't look like how Shannon does it, how I do it, or how whomever else does it but you're clearly doing it because look at the work you're doing, right? Like that doesn't happen to someone who doesn't have a connection, but <laughs> most of the training that we've had, you know, in our upbringing and then moving through our adulthood is about survival by staying disconnected instead of staying connected. And so we kind of have to relearn it in a different way and see how, living through that connected space and that open heart really serves us instead of being afraid that it's just going to be too painful to be the weirdo who's got, you know, their heart wide open. Yeah. I think that's a very important point that I'd like to emphasize is because, and again, I'll use myself as an example. I have always been open to spirituality. I've always been aware of my connection with myself and I don't hear voices yet. I don't see images yet. I don't get feelings. And I don't want to say yet in that one because feelings is is my my the hardest thing for me to feel. Um, 
I'm I'm a more intellectual, analytical processor, and I see and I hear and I touch. But feeling emotions, that's my that's kind of the the challenge for me. But um, I say this because I also see myself as being just like everybody else. And I love what you say about how if you look at my journey, it's hard to say that I'm not connected with spirit because it's true. I've always been connected with spirit and all of us are connected with spirit. We just don't recognize it. We don't give it either attention or importance, or we've taught ourselves not to recognize it. Um, So it's an invitation for you to look at your life and see how your inner wisdom has already touched you. That inner wisdom is spirit. The three principles community call it mind, the greater mind with a capital M, which is what I refer to as the intelligence of life, the uh, un- the energy of life. Um, our inner wisdom is a spiritual intelligence that's communicating to us and through us. And all of us have this on a daily basis and the more that we start to recognize it the more that we train that muscle to recognize it and to work with it and to align with it and to allow it to to really work with with our decisions and the directions that we're making so that we're working in line with our higher self as opposed to resisting the energies of life that are constantly trying to help us where we innocently resist them and make more difficulty and more suffering and more mental anguish than necessary so um beautiful love you for for recognizing that and for allowing me to recognize the truth in what you said um and i wanted to to share that with you all because of that yeah that was just such an authentic share in there and this piece uh for us about this um disconnect from the emotions, right? Especially those of us who feel too much. I mean, I know for me, when I didn't understand the mechanics, I didn't understand the gift in it. It just felt like I was oversensitive, right? And my my parents would agree. <laughs> People who had to be around me would agree. Like, gosh, oh, she's so sensitive to everything. Like, watch out, she's either going to cry or yell. There's just like nothing in between. And so you feel like, oh, I don't want to feel more emotions. I don't even know what to do with these emotions that are here. And so we turn off our superpower, right? Like we're just not even going to go there. We're just going to stay in the head. And we have plenty collective agreement uh, that, oh, that's the way to do it. And as people who are sensitive or em- I mean, you can say empaths, you can say high sensitive, whatever lingo you want to use, it doesn't really matter. It's all the same stuff. But those, when we feel like, ugh, I don't want to go in deeper because I already can't understand this and I don't know how to be with it, that's just energy management and actually mind management. So the people who are real heady actually like working with me because even though I'm like talk to a rock kind of girl, I'm able to explain the mechanics, what's happening here and how can you work with it so that you're not being bowled over by it all the time, but that you can come back to your center. And now, you know, after learning how to reconnect and what I call creating a well-worn path, right. Into 
where I need to go. If I go too long in a day without something really magical happening, I know I'm off. I'm off my game and I better get out to the woods like right away or play with the dog or go sit with the chickens or do something because I'm off. I'm not on because life happens very differently when you stay connected versus the decades that I tried to disconnect through a myriad of things, right? Which is what most sane people will do. It's not just one addiction. It's dabbling in all of them so that it looks socially acceptable, but we're constantly trying to numb or shut down things, turn it down, or just, you know, like, let me tune out instead of doing what feels the polar opposite of tuning in deeply and being there. When we come up against those strong emotions, like we're afraid, but if we sit with them and we talk to them, it's only a 90 second experience versus the decade that we can do wrestling to stay away from something, right? And every day being on the verge of tears because we just don't want to look at that versus, okay, oh my God, like immense grief is up for me right now. I feel it in my throat. I feel it in my chest. Where, where do I first remember? Oh my gosh, right? Like the wounded child thing. Okay, what can I bring here? Some love, some understanding. And I can move on and, and move through my day without being all hung up in that and then having that bleed all over everything that I touch the rest of the day. It's counterintuitive to the way that we're taught, but it provides a sense of emotional freedom and an ability to really feel the subtleties of all of the energies. And it's a much richer experience. Like I love this embodiment from a like Zorba the Buddha kind of uh, aspect, right? Like coming from it, all that we can feel, taste, touch, sense, immerse ourselves in, again, to feel the loss, to feel, you know, the high highs, it's intoxicating on its own, right? Without even adding any of the other stuff. But we can because it's all here and it's all part of all of the experience. But when we cut ourselves off to any of it, we feel that contraction deeply and we can feel that we're not in that expansion. And we've got choices, it feels like, and we talked ourselves into the fact that maybe we don't, but that's not true at all. I mean, in an infinite universe, when you're in the quantum field, every possibility exists until we collapse down on something, on whatever it is. As humans, we're really good at, what don't I want? That's what I'm going to collapse down on and talk about and beat the drum of and da 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 And then I'm going to spend five you know, minutes a day doing affirmations and then wonder why nothing has changed because the other 23 and three quarters hour, I spent beating the drum of everything I don't want, what I don't like, and what the hell is wrong. And I spent five minutes about, oh, I'm love, I'm light, I'm abundant. And the universe is like, well, that's nice, but we heard more of you're not worthy, you're not worthy, you're not worthy. <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple of things that I want to I want to talk about here. Um, I want to start with one and see if I remember or if it comes back, the second one. But something you said, which I think is really helpful for the listeners to recognize as well, is, and I know that some of my listeners are part of the Three Principles community and some of them are not. Um and of course, you're always, all of you are welcome. Um, this is really designed for everybody. But for those of you that are not familiar with the three principles, you've heard me talk about them before. And the way in which Anna was just talking about the way that I would interpret that from a three principles reference point is 
that when we experience our emotions and when our stories come up, the old psychological approach of trying to figure it out is to go back to the past and try and, and figure out and associate where it comes from. An understanding of how the mind works allows us the freedom to not have to do that. I don't have to go back to the past to figure out, oh, it's when my father beat the shit out of me when I was seven years old in the back of a car and that made this. And I don't need to do that. And in fact, I don't want to do that. And I'll encourage you to, as much as possible, just be present in the moment. Recognize that it's some old story that's creating this. Allow yourself to be present with it and to be okay with it and it will pass, it will shift, and it will heal the past without having to go back. And Anna is nodding her head profusely as I'm speaking. Um, so I wanted to highlight that because, and I know that a lot of us, myself included, I mean, I'm trained psychotherapist, I'm trained hypnotherapist, I'm trained NLP trainer. I mean, I'm, I'm in that world of change work and of manipulating our thoughts and of adjusting our thoughts and conforming to different behaviors and all of that nonsense. And what's really important to recognize is being present in the moment with whatever is coming up and being okay with it. Listening, as Anna was saying, listening to whatever that's trying to tell us. And sorry, Anna Maria, I just called you Anna. Um, <laughs> um, and so as Anna Maria was saying, allowing our body to communicate with us. And it might be that we get a flash of something that happened in the past, but we don't have to look for it. We don't have to go into it. We don't have to identify with it. We don't have to continue living it and re-experiencing it. It's just allowing it to be and being in peace with it will allow it to heal and it will heal all of our stories when we let go of the when we let go of our grasp on trying to sort it out or on trying to figure it out when we just allow it to be allow the energy of life to flow as it's designed to flow it will heal itself because that's how we're designed so that's one thing that i wanted to mention um i don't know if you wanted to kind of talk to that a little bit or Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay. So the other thing and I wanted to. Especially because we were, most of us were brought up where the only thing is, you know, the, the going back through the baggage and stirring it all up again. And, and we could vomit because we're so tired of telling the story, even though we're really good at telling the story and we tell it all day long, but we've got some other options. And because of, the plasticity of our brains because of the fact that again life wants to live and thrive we've got other ways we can do it where we don't have to go back into the same old story right like we and it's better if we don't if we see it whatever it is as something that we're observing over here and then we've got some choices right like yeah. that observer standpoint and it can shift so quickly and again it's not coming up because we suck or to point out how much work we haven't done it comes up because we have an opportunity and a new level of awareness in our lives and in our psyche 
that we can offer some wisdom to it. But instead, we get triggered and we go into the old thing, we go into the contraction. Because what happens is every day we're moving through life, we're moving through life, energy hits, we have an opportunity to process it. If it's high vibrational and it makes us happy, we don't question it, right? Like we go with it, we're so excited. And then the next thing hits and it doesn't feel quite as good and we're in resistance. And what we want to do is we try and make it smaller, right? So we get all tight and contracted around it. But what, again, counterintuitive, what we're being asked to do instead is expand to let it be able to flow through. We think we got to do something, manage it, la, 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 blah, 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 you know, magic words, whatever. But it's about being with everything in a different way. And when we practice that within us, it overflows to with others, with animals, with people, with nature. And the way others show up changes, right? Like how animals behave around me is different than people who are in fear around animals, right? And so it's the same thing in relationships. If I'm not looking for where this person is going to poke me in a, in a sore spot, right? I'm going to have a very different experience than the person that's waiting to have a fight with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And as I thought would happen, the second thing I want to talk about has kind of left my mind. If it comes back, it'll come back. Um, so I'm conscious of the time. I, I, we've got about 15 minutes left, give or take. And, and, and I, I apologize to my, to my listeners. This might be a little bit longer. Um, but, um, but we'll see, we'll see where this goes. I would love to if there's nothing else that's coming up that you would like to share, um, and it's perfectly okay if if it is, and then we'll just go in that direction. But I would love to invite Spirit to speak through you and to share some things with us if that's something that feels right for you. Absolutely. Um, I've been actually kind of listening in the background, and this piece about connecting to the natural world, right? To, you know, stay in that heart space, to remember the unity consciousness, to receive guidance even, is that piece about being open and realizing that we're, again, how much time we spend in resistance. Even when we go out, like I'm going to go outside and sit in the woods and have a meditation, but we're very linear in our thinking like, okay, on the way out there, we're just trouncing over everything. We're not even thinking about the fact that we're walking on the ground, life force energy, that everything is sacred, right? We're like very destination minded. And so I wanted to ask um, the natural realm some different, you know, what are some different aspects that are trying to come through that would like to share some pieces because to me, the biggest thing about connecting with the natural world is about that remembering, the, but the remembering of a different rhythm and a different flow, right, that goes with the seasons. Even throughout the day, the flow is different. And at each of the seasonal marking points, right, like at the time of winter solstice or summer solstice or the fall equinox or the, the spring equinox, the earth herself is giving off a vibration that's been measured. And it's actually, you know, like they give you the time of the equinox or the solstice. At that time, this new um, in 
emission of information is instructing everything, right? So we're coming to the end of summer. We're going to be coming into that autumn equinox. And at that point, the earth has infused a new vibration that shifts from being in full expression into going into uh, like the harvest time, going into the, the dying off time, really. And so we're shown these different rhythms that we can be in sync with versus our modern day rhythms, which is, you know, fake light because we're up at all strange hours, you know, an alarm clock waking us up, uh, fake temperatures and air, right? Like all of these things that go against our natural rhythms. And, it, and it's not that we have to be in the same rhythm of sun up, sun down, but following our own natural rhythm, right? For some people, they're night owls and some people, you know, like I am very solar powered. As soon as the sun goes down, I'm like, I guess it's time to go to bed, right? Like, and as soon as it's starting to think about coming up, I'm like, yay, let's do this day. But we have to each know what our rhythm is and what's going on. And so as I was asking, uh, you know, the natural, what, what do you want to bring through? The first uh, aspect that came through was actually an insect. And when I work with insect energy, it's about our um, sensitivities, you know, because like insects move through the world, they're feeling and their way through things. They're very different, right? Like what a fly or what, what somebody else is seeing is very different than what a bear is seeing or how we're seeing the world. And so, so we've got an insect that comes in and immediately focused on our sensitivities or what I call our intuitive energy channels. So we've got bumblebee that came through right away. And bumblebee is talking about, let me back up for a second. When engineers look at bumblebees, they don't make sense, right? Like this fat little body with these tiny little wings, it shouldn't fly. It doesn't make any sense. Like they, we can't, we can't build aircraft <laughs> to mimic that because it wouldn't work. So there is inherently some magic in there, right? And then when we follow that message of B, they go from flower to flower, right? Looking for the pollen, looking for the sweetness in life. And so what B shares with us is to follow the sweetness in life to do the seemingly impossible, so we've got our lists of, you know, I got to do this or I should or whatever. And then you've got the natural realm saying, what if you followed your bliss? How would that be different? What if you followed the things that light you up versus the things that put you in contraction? How would that shift your own rhythm? And what would you be able to produce? You know, those seemingly impossible things in our life that we are told or we tell ourselves we can't do. Bumblebee invites us to shift that and turn it up, turn it on its head and say, I'm going to follow this. So especially those of us who can get stuck in our head, right? Because we're like, oh, I ought to do this, right? Or I should. Anytime we should ourselves, we're on the path. And anytime I utter the words, I got to figure this out. I already know I am in the wrong space, right? Like it's not about figuring it out. So I need to feel my way through it. What's up? Where's my contraction? What's my point? Where's Bumblebee saying, come on, let's go smell some flowers. Let's go do something that makes us happy. The next aspect that came in was uh, a stone, actually, a rock. And I, you know, a lot of people work with crystals and, and they're great. Uh, but I feel like there's so much information out there on that. And so the rocks, 
you know, have been the ones who've been talking to me. And so the difference there, right? Uh, a rock is a conglomerate of a whole bunch of different minerals where a crystal is typically repeating uh, crystalline structure of one particular mineral, maybe two, but typically a singular mineral. So with the rock that came in, what it was is sandstone. And sandstone uh, happens to be just like everything, right? There's masculine energy and feminine energy. It doesn't mean boy and girl. It just is an energy, a particular flavor of an energy. Well, trees, rocks, animals, everything has these different, it's got components of all of it in there. And some, uh, just like humans, display one more than the other. So sandstone is actually considered a feminine energy kind of rock. Um, and it's by its process of this layering over time. And so sandstone was coming in and saying, you know, we've got all these things that happen in our lives and they create who we are over time, but we use it to make ourselves wrong instead of looking at like the sandstone formations. I mean, think about any of them that come to your mind right away. They're stunning works of art, beautiful in their own right out in nature. And then when we take them and work them, and we bring them into our homes or out into our patios or whatever. It's phenomenal. So this part about honoring the process we've been through, again, they're pointing back at that, get out of our resistance, right? Like we don't want to deal with the trauma from when we were a kid or what our partner's triggering in us or whatever circumstance or situation. But it also doesn't allow us when we stay in that contraction to really honor and value everything that has made up the tapestry of who we are. And one of the beautiful things about sandstone uh, being that feminine energy is it allows us to be in a different flow, right? And when we can be in a different flow, we don't, we're not in that contraction that stops. So this whole piece and sandstone typically has a lot of water energy involved in it. Again, you'll see it in the, um, the places where uh, rivers water have deposited things on top of each other over and over. So we're asked right away, we're pointed to where are we in the flow? Where are we resisting the flow? And so sandstone can bring in that flow energy, allow us to have an appreciation and even honor all the aspects that make us and how, who we're turning into even, right? Because we're not static, we're dynamic, we're shifting the same way. All of the elemental effects are affecting us as well. After the stone came in, uh, we had a tree come in right away too. And it was um, a willow tree, which is interesting because they're very connected with the water as well. So I love how the elements are sneaking their way in here. They're like, she's going to talk about rocks and stuff like this, but we're going to get the elements in there. And it's flow. And what do we need more, right, than when we get stuck in our head is to reconnect to that flow. Our brains are phenomenal and they're great and they can be huge tools to help us, but they can also be huge stumbling blocks and huge dams, right? Like they put up a stop to the flow that we need. So when the mind is not helping, right? It's creating chaos. It keeps us stuck in the not knowing and the second guessing and being in the fog versus when we've got the mind acting as a divine servant to help us connect those dots and understand and have a different perspective. And that willow tree, the one that I'm seeing is like a big, huge, um, it feels like a grandmother energy actually 
of this willow tree alongside of some water asking us, you know, get in that more. Willow tree is also connected to the dream realm, that astral realm, because when we've got that um, overactive mind, right? Like we haven't trained it to, it's okay, calm down, right? Like we don't have to react to everything. We can just watch, <laughs> even if our mind doesn't know yet. We can work in the dream time when we don't have that conscious mind having to say something all the time. And then I, I call it our cosmic committee. They can talk to us easier. They can get messages through. So that willow is really inviting us into the dream time and a practical way that I like to work with the dream time. Because again, folks who've got that overactive head, they don't always remember their dreams, right? And so they're like, well, I haven't had a dream in forever. I don't dream or it's all nonsense or whatever. I, I remembered it, but it doesn't make any sense. We don't have to have that literal translation, but we can ask a question before we go into the dream time. And I would connect with, you know, the willow tree and the water and say, you know, I've got some, I've got a question. Start with one, right? Like don't unfurl a big long list. Start with one so we can stay focused, connect with those elements, those aspects, ask the question, go into the dream time. In the morning, you may or may not have a, a dream that you remember or understand, but we can ask the question again. And does it feel lighter or does it feel heavy? That can give us that yes or that no. Like, do we move forward? Do we not? I do that with business aspects all the time. You know, I get invited into all sorts of collaborations and not all of them are for my highest and best or on the trajectory that I'm on. So I will take certain propositions that come in and I'll take them into the dream time if I can't get out of my head, right? Because some of them, these are people who I have friends or family, right? For a long time, but those are also loaded with landmines in there. So let me go to, you know, this other realm and uh, what kind of answers, right? And so your mind will still be like, oh yeah, this happened, but you know, I really like crocodiles. So maybe that was a good thing versus did it feel heavy? Did it feel light? One of, one of the things I took in actually had a crocodile crawl into the backseat of a vehicle with me and this other person who had asked me to go into business with them or a business deal <laughs> with them. I was like, I like crocodiles, but not in my backseat. And I knew right away that was a no because in the dream, we were like, how are we going to get out of this? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. This is, this is a no for me. My team made it really clear. So we can work with the symbolism that is out there and around us all the time to help inform us, right? And it's about harnessing that energy so that we can actually get on-demand guidance to actually help us move through this life in a different way. And the more that we connect with the natural realm, right? It forms these relationships, it forms this alliance and it helps us remember who we truly be. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I thought about as you were speaking is that the symbolism that's, in, and you mentioned this earlier, and I just want to highlight this to other people as well. The messages and symbolism that's coming to you is through the natural realm because you've got that association. Somebody else may not have that association, but that doesn't mean that they're not getting messages from, from the natural realm all the time. They're just coming in in the references that are relevant and appropriate in their life with their background. So a lot of what, what 
both Anna Marie and I are talking about is find your own language that resonates with you, that's meaningful to you, that you already are working with, that you are already living within, that is already an integral part of who you are and how you manage yourself within this, this beautiful world of ours. So I love nature. I've always loved nature and I love the associations of things. Like I couldn't tell you what spider means, for example, and I don't know what it means to me, but I've always appreciated and respected spiders. And so I went online as we now can do. And I put meaning of spider and what came back was beautiful. And whether or not that's the message that spider was trying to give me, or if it was the message of knowing that I have that access to that information and that I would resonate with that, or if it was just communicating with me about respect and beauty and curiosity and mystery, because for me, that's what a spider is. It's mysterious and it's, it's hidden and it's careful, but it's incredibly powerful and incredibly strong and magical with its ability to create intricate designs of, um, you know, geometry, you know, spiritual and universal geometry, sacred geometry is the term that's commonly used. Um, you know, so there's a lot of mysticism around spiders, which is beautiful. And so that was my kind of association. Um, so find your own path, find what makes sense to you, find the language and meaning it's really about that feeling state. And this is something that Anna Maria also mentioned earlier is our emotions are our guide. And you'll see this in all kinds of writings, have it be three principles based. We'll talk about this all the time. Um, a lot of different spiritual teachers will also talk about this. I hear it through different mediums that are channeling spirit directly. They'll talk about how our emotions are trying to tell us when we're aligned and when we're not. And it's that simple. We don't need to overcomplicate it. We don't need to kick ourselves in the back when we're not aligned, but that's what the emotions are trying to tell us. They're trying to tell us that we're going in a direction with the thinking in our head that is not in line with who we are. And in the three principles world, we'll talk about how, when we understand how the mind works, the mechanism of the mind, the mechanism of thought, and how that relates to how what we create our day-to-day -day experience, it makes it easier for us to navigate life with a roadmap and with an understanding of how things work, as opposed to blindly working within a system and guessing at why things are the way they are. Um, and so, beautiful message and reminder for us to find our way. And again, something Anna Maria mentioned is we're beautifully designed. Our bodies and our emotions, our, our human experience is beautifully designed to support us and to guide us and to show us the way. It's inherent in the way that we're built. And when we start recognizing those messages, instead of fighting against them or trying to change them or discrediting them or you know resisting them when we start recognizing those messages our life becomes more in flow 
going back to the idea of water, going back to the idea of, of, of that aspect that seems to be coming through in a lot of the messages that Anna Maria was getting. You know, it's that reminder that we are living in the flow of life. And when we go with it, it just makes our life so much easier than when we are resisting and fighting against it. Um, so that was kind of my, my thoughts of, of what Anna Maria just shared. Anything else that you would like to share, Anna Maria? Well, underscoring that piece that you said, right? Like follow your own leaning, right? Like for me, it's nature because that was my safe space with a chaotic childhood going out to the animals or going out and hiding under a tree. That was my safe space. That was where I felt connected and, and safe and protected. So, but for some people, it's angels or ascended masters or your own soul guides or your own higher self or knowing, accessing wisdom from a past life, uh, whatever it is, but follow that because it, it, it should feel like a natural draw whatever it is right and and it is unique for everyone but we've got those places where it is just a little more of a natural fit and we can it the basic reminder is there's so much more going on than meets the eye and there's as much guidance out there as we're willing to lean into and so we've got some opportunities to rise above the mundaneness and to activate, you know, access these other sensitivities, these other channels that bring in the wisdom, bring in the guidance that, that give us that extra piece to help us move forward in, in whatever way that is. And whether you're someone who's, you know, gaga about nature like me, right? <laughs> or whether you're just someone who, again, can appreciate a spider, even if you don't completely know what, what is coming through, that's a muscle that we hone and tune and um, that part about the mystery for you, right? Because like, well, you know, there can be a whole book written about the metaphysical properties of a spider, which you touched on many of them. And what is it at that time, right, that's trying to come through? And to me, when you were talking about it, it was being reminded of that mystery and the abundance when we go into, when we lean into the mystery instead of trying to figure it all out, right? Like being with it and feeling our way through it is very different than mentalizing it and trying to figure something out. Um, so and I would also say there's this piece, I don't know if you've got any writing projects that have been kind of on the back burner, but Spider is always very connected with the alphabet and helping us to literally weave a web, spin a web around those who would read the words that we share. And so oftentimes, um, even the ancestors will come through Spider to help us share whatever it is that we're needing to be writing about. Mm, lovely. Thank you. So that other thing that I wanted to ask you came back and I know that we're going a little bit over time and I, I, again, I apologize. Um, but, um, I think this is really helpful for the audience and I'm saying this because it's selfish, but I also know that this is going to be applicable to probably everybody that's out there. So you mentioned something a while ago in our conversation that I wanted to ask you to expand upon. 
and I'll give you my story as the background to it. So when I was very young, I felt emotions very strongly to the point where I couldn't feel an emotion without crying. The, I couldn't, there wasn't any way for me to, to express what I was feeling other than crying. Crying was the only way that I could physically express what was feeling. Um, and needless to say, as a little boy, um, that was not very well received. And I remember one time my brother's friends were teasing me and we were in the basement of our house. Um, and my brother and his friends were all playing together. And all of a sudden they started teasing me. And my emotions became so strong that I started crying. And they, of course, they teased me more. And I remember on in that moment saying, this is never going to happen again. And so one of the struggles that I've been having probably in the last, God, I want to say 10 years actively is to try and reconnect with that space of me, try to reopen that power, as you called it, our, our superpower. That is my superpower, and I'm neglecting it because I didn't know how to control it at that age. And I would imagine that probably in the 90% of people out there have done something similar to myself. And you mentioned something that was very interesting to me, where you said, there's things that you say and things that you do within the work with your clients that helps them find that superpower again. And if there's something that you'd be willing to share with us, that would be beautiful. Right. Well, you, I mean, you laid this out perfectly when we've got those emotions that come, and I get this in private sessions all the time. I don't know why I'm going to start crying. And I'm like, because we've touched on truth. Whenever the emotion comes up, we've touched on a point of truth. So whether it was you were not being honored for who you were, right, as this little being who could feel everything, and it only comes up in, through that. Again, there's no other articulation. The tears just come in. And so, and a lot of folks come to me and they're like, oh, I've tried everything and I've taken every course and I, I can't discern the messages. I can't discern the things coming in. And of course, you know, we look at it and it's this point somewhere in their childhood, they had to make a decision to disconnect from the emotions because they weren't going to help them survive, you know, through their childhood, whatever they were up against. And so they actually, you know, you get uh, rewarded for not having the emotions and staying disconnected and staying intellectual and in our head. So what I find is we have to talk to that young one and here you actually know, right? Like, you know, the moment it happened when your little boy was like, screw this, this is never happening again. And he went into his head and he's like, unplug that, that is trouble. <laughs> and so there are times that I'm working with folks that are like, I, I can't even get there anymore because I've disconnected so greatly that. I know I should be sad about this, that, or the other, or whatever, but it's very mental. And so the first thing is always when we notice a contraction, right? Like we're in a space and we know, right? Like our body language is different <laughs> versus when we're open. And so the first thing is, where do I feel this in my body? We may not have 
we may only know happy and mad, right? Like, because those are the only two acceptable ones and angry really isn't that accepted, but it's more accepted in some, it's more accepted than all the other ranges that are there. So when we're feeling something else, we've got that opportunity to say, okay, I feel energy. And this is really empowering, again, for the people who've been so sensitive and you felt everything and it's felt like a curse instead of the superpower that it really is, right? So we have to shift the way we talk to it. And this is that mind management where we get the mind on board. So we feel that contraction. And instead of going, you know, I'm getting emotional, just simply say, I feel energy. Just notice that, like just shifting from, oh my God, this is happening to me. Because a lot of times it's not even ours. We are energetic sponges and we can feel everything in a six foot radius around us. So walk into Walmart and imagine how much things you're feeling that's not even yours. And we spend so much time trying to process that. So the first thing is to have a different relationship and say, I feel energy and then see if you can name it. Okay. I feel energy. It feels light or it feels heavy. Usually we don't notice the light one. We only notice the lower one. Okay. Well, it feels like sadness or it feels like anger. If you can name it, great. If you can't just be like, eh, it's kind of in one of those other ones. And then where do you feel it in your body? Well, I feel like my throat is really tight or I feel like I'm, I need to keep blinking so I don't cry or my chest or my stomach. Just notice because it's starting to give you a vibrational roadmap in your body for you to be able to feel what's going on for you. But also, and this doesn't matter, you know, like it's really useful for me, right? Because I read for other people. So if I feel something in my body when I'm reading for them, I already know. Oh, you're, you know, like going into the victimization or what I can feel like the whole center spot just collapsed in on itself. But even when we're around other people in our relationships with other people, when we can feel in our body, like, oh, that's not mine. You know, like my back was fine before I started interacting with this person. They're not feeling supported, right? Like we can have compassion. So learning our own vibrational map in our body helps us also interact with everyone else. That's what being an empath is, is you can feel it, but you observe it. You don't own it because what we do is we feel something. We're like, oh, this relates right away to something that we already have a story for. And we go there when 99% of the time it's not even ours. And so we can start by just, again, I feel energy. This is where I feel it. This is what it feels like. And then you can ask, is it mine? Like that, is this mine? Is a gold mine? Because again, we spend so much time, again, we come into somebody else's energetic imprint and we own it as our own. So all of a sudden we're having a fine day and now we're pissed off or now we're all angry or now we're depressed and we, we can find a story for it. But if you got to reach, it's not yours. And you can again ask, who does this belong to? And what happens to me is I will either see the image of someone like my mom, my dad, or, you know, somebody, or I'll see like a whole bunch of faces flip by and I know, oh, this is a collective thing, but I'll know, or I'll see myself and my team's like, oh no, 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 you're not getting out of this. This is yours today. You got to stay with it. (laughs) But I don't have to, it's not mine. It doesn't help the other person for me to try. But when we're high sensitives, we have a remembrance of how to move energy. We may not know it right now in this lifetime, but we think if I take that on, I can help that person. It doesn't help them. They have to learn how to process their own energy. 
so we can send it back to them with consciousness and love and, you know, whatever they do with it, they do with it. But we don't have to spend all that time. So instead of the emotions then taking us over, right, because we've got an observer, it's not me, this is happening to me. And then my little girl's getting all upset. And now it's, now it's a shit show on this. And it's, I just got hit with energy. I feel energy. Where am I feeling it? What does it feel like? Who does this belong to? If it's not mine, I can move on and I'm done. And you get good at that and run through it really quickly. And questions move the flow of energy and judgments and conclusions stop it. So we can move the energy anytime we want to. And our subconscious mind can't hear a question without looking for an answer. And you don't even have to do anything, right? Like I'm totally a fan of working smarter, not harder. And so when I can do things and, you know, you can even put it on energetic autopilot and let it move itself through, we can then start to come back into our emotions. And it can take time when we've gotten so good over decades of shutting it down, but that's the process, rinse and repeat, to come back into them, to be with the emotions in a way that doesn't pull us over and make us feel so vulnerable that we can't show up in that way anymore. I mean, I, I kid you not, my dad loves to tell the stories about how sensitive I was. He's like, you can even look at her the wrong way or she would burst into tears. And I mean, this was well into my 30s even. And so to be at a point where I could shift and I, I mean, I can be with just about anything without it reducing me and, and make me feel like I'm crumbling inside anymore. And it's so empowering and then that shifts the way that I'm able to approach everything else in life because it's just all energy and I know the mechanics of energy so I can navigate I call it riding the waves I can ride the waves good sometimes there's new or more intensities and I gotta you know work on my core strength some more to stay afloat but it's a very different relationship with the emotions that I used to have when I was trying to run away from them or numb them down, turn them down in some way, which is ridiculous because everything that we do actually amplifies it, right? Whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, whatever, it, it none of it, it all has a weird rebound effect that makes it worse than if we would have just been with it in the first place. But it does take up time, so there's that. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying, the invitation to recognize it as energy. and that really resonated with me. So thank you. That was really beautiful. Um, I, I want to kind of, I don't want to say translate this, but I want to apply this to my understanding of how the mind works. Um, because I think it would be helpful not only for people within the, the 3P community, but also for people that don't recognize how energy is felt within our body one of the ways in which we experience any aspect is through thought so as energy goes into us it's converted into thought in some way shape or form whether it's conscious or unconscious and i love the idea of recognizing first of all that it is energy it is transient in its design which is something that we talk about in the community energy is transient thought is transient it will pass it will go through you it will disappear now if you decide to capture that energy and play with that energy it's going to stay 
if you give that energy attention, it's going to play with you. It's going to continue playing with you as long as you continue playing with it. So going back to what Anna Maria and I were talking about earlier about being present with it and allowing it to be as it is in its natural form, which is a fluid transient energy will allow whatever thoughts quote unquote, or emotions you're experiencing, whether they're yours or they're not yours to pass. And I love the idea of recognizing that as energy. And what Anna Maria was talking about of going through that kind of hierarchy of questions. And then at the end, asking first and foremost, is this mine, I think is also huge. Because we're so exposed to so many different energies and thoughts that we take on as our own that we try and sort out and deal with and maneuver around when they're not even ours. It's not even our story that we're reacting to. We associate it to our story and then we make it our story, but it's not our story that's trying to communicate with us. And that is also another beautiful way to that. I, for me, it was beautiful to hear that, to, to kind of recognize that, that permission to own what's mine and to release and let go what isn't mine. And I love the idea of that's not mine, you know, transmute it, trans, let the universe transmute that energy and transform that energy and recycle that energy, have it be back to its original source or somewhere else where it's useful, but it's not you, it's not within you anymore you kind of send that out to the universe for the universe to, to bless and to convert to the highest vibration, whatever terms resonate with you. But most importantly, you don't own it. You don't take ownership of it. Yeah. And I don't take ownership of it. And I just hit my microphone with my hand. I'm sorry. Um, that was a good underscore. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I love that. So beautiful. So beautiful. Well, Thank you. And it reminds you like a lot of times on the spiritual path, right? Like we've got this undertone of being on the spiritual path that for spiritual life insurance, right? So bad things don't happen to us because we're manifestors and you know, why would we create that? Whatever. But the truth is life is going to happen, right? Like it's just energy flow and things are going to show up. Some things we're going to like, some things we're not going to like. And sometimes it's old patterns, but what you learn is I don't have to invite them all in for a beer, right? Like I can see them at the door and bless it and work with it. Is it mine? Is it not mine? And then move on my way. Whereas in the past, it was like, all right, let me gather up all these packages off the front porch, take them in, and I'll just, you know, wallow in them for a few weeks, years, decades, <laughs> until I'm sick of it. And now I know if, I, you know, pain's inevitable, but suffering's optional. So if I'm suffering, oh crap, right? <laughs> like I've got a choice point here. And I'll admit sometimes suffering is tasty, right? Like it feels kind of good to wallow, but I've also learned I'm going to time it, right? Because I get, I can get something out of that and there's some, some reward, but I'm not going to stay there. And I'm not going to let those people around me in my inner circle stay there. They're going to have a choice point too. You know, we've had the same conversation about how you don't like this, this and that. A million times now, are we going to change the story or, you know, what's the deal here? <laughs> what, are, what are we doing here? What are you creating? Because this isn't working for you. And if it's not working for you, why would you keep doing that? There's got to be a payoff. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Lovely. Lovely. Thank you so much for sharing. So is there anything else that you would like to finish with? You know, um, again, like we said earlier, everyone's got the pieces, the aspects that call them in that resonate with them. And, you know, if nature and the natural world, if that resonates with you, if you're like, oh my gosh, yes. But she's talking about, you know, I don't know why I've been drawn to trees or animals or rocks or whatever, but I get it. I, I'm understanding what she's saying. I would, I would love for you to join me. And I, I shared a link with you for a free gift. And it's uh, the top five ways to connect with the natural world. And I talk about some of the symbology. I talk about some of the biology. I talk about energetic supplementation. And of course, that also will get you on my email list so you can stay uh, apprised of what I'm talking about, what I'm sharing, where I'm sharing it, those kinds of things. But if nothing else, you at least have some more information, some more going deeper with the natural realm. Uh, And then of course, I offer a myriad of different courses and ways that people can go deeper um, to remember, right? Because it's not about you learning anything. You're in an infinite being. It's about remembering what we already know in this density and then applying it in our life. Because that spot where the spiritual meets the metaphysical and science and our biology and where all of that kind of globs up, that's the sweet spot to me, right? Like that's where it gets fun. That's where we get to apply these things to our living laboratories, right? And I see us with our goggles and our lab coats and it's like, well, look at that experiment didn't work out so good. Well, let's change that up and not keep doing it. If we're in the lab, we're not going to keep doing the same thing if we're not getting the results we want. But in our everyday life, in our relationships uh, with other people, with ourselves, we do keep doing the same thing and getting the same results and then being completely bewildered by that. (laughs) And if we can take off those blinders and approach it in a different way, there is so much expansion, uh, so much understanding and so much perspective and, and so much love and compassion that's waiting for us. And it can literally change our entire life. Mm, beautiful. Um, and of course, I'll share that information in the description of the of the episode. Um, is there a website or a way that people can reach out to you just so that it's in the recording as well? Absolutely. My website is intentiontraining.com. So intention, the singular, training.com. And on that page, you can find all the information and how to connect with me in different ways. Um, You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash animals as messengers. Love that. Love that. Beautiful. So um, I feel like I want to keep going. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like I don't want this conversation to end. So I'm going to say, Anna Maria, thank you so much for everything you have shared with us, the energy that you have uh, provided. I am grateful, and I'm sure that the listeners are too, that you've decided that this platform was in line with, with, your, with your journey. Um, and I would love to, to invite you back in the future and to continue this conversation. Um, so I, I am filled with so much gratitude and love. So thank you so much. Thank mm-hmm.
Thank you. And thanks for allowing us to have these conversations, right? Like what a beautiful way and space. And I love that you give an option for folks to go even deeper with you through your membership. It's, it's really a beautiful offering for folks to take it all in and apply it in their life in a, in a different way. So I look forward to continuing to play with you in the energy. Thank you for this. And I look forward to our next conversation. As do I, as do I. Talk to you soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this conversation with Anna Maria and would like to have the opportunity of a more intimate setting where you can speak with her and ask her questions, she's going to be joining me in the Spiritual Intelligence Community Membership Group on September 2nd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I will leave details on how you can join us in the description of the episode, and I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you heard something new that invites you to reflect, to go within and deepen your own understanding of life and of our universal experience. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow the podcast series on your favorite listening app and share this episode with others that you feel would enjoy it as well. Until next time, May we all soar with inspiration, explore with passion, and live with love.